poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is a July 4th Tactical Tuesday, which means more fireworks than normal, John. Is that how it works? Eh, it's hard to do more than normal for, for us. We our our gauge is like days without incident. So yeah, you know, I think I think there'll be a just a, a normal normal amount of fireworks today, despite despite it being a yeah. We're rolling back, rolling back to zero, almost guaranteed. Um, getting back from Vegas trip, Vegas twenty twenty three WSOP um, ended the same way that Vegas twenty twenty two existed which was with me getting covid so next year if anybody uh, who's listening to the audience lives in atlanta and you get covid i don't know around may just come like cough in my face and let's get this over with before i go to vegas next year it's getting better though last time you got it right when you got here this time you know you got it as you were leaving basically so yeah you know maybe next year is the year the third time's a charm you you might you might be able to fade it completely yeah i had about i think nine nine or 10 good days. Um, I, I was in Vegas long enough to play approximately five poker sessions and go over five in my sessions. So, you know, just <laughs> it hit, it hit right in time to save me from <laughs> yeah, COVID actually a gift. <laughs> yeah. COVID made me money. Um, oh God poker, but all in all, yeah. Fun, fun time in Vegas. Got to see a bunch of people, played a tag team tournament with wolf because you were i don't know what you're doing you're too afraid to play um just mtt john is like a once in a millennium type event that we were not allowed to see this trip so yeah i'm not recovered frankly yesterday i couldn't even get out of bed <laughs> basically um, but today i feel i'm feeling better I, I think um, in the next couple of days, I'll be back to jujitsu and back to life as I remember it. But yeah, if you go to Vegas and you play in the WSOP, try not to get COVID. It's, uh, it's rough. Um, it's rough. Oh, anyway. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and you feel like you're up to helping me out with some of these hands because that's what I need. Well, let's not go too crazy. I'm... I'm here. We'll see. We'll see if I'm up to helping you or not. Um, depends on the level of help that, that, that is needed. What's the theme for today's episode? Of Pocket Tuesday? nines. Hmm. Nice. Pocket nines. We got very three, three hands. Yeah. Three pocket nines. Uh, hander series to go over today. Um, we're going to start out with this one. It's just the three bet pot out of position. The theme of this, this first hand or not the theme, the kind of the strategy in this first hand is going to be very similar. Actually, it's the exact same strategy as um, a recent Tactical Tuesday episode where we talked about the bet check bet um, value betting line or the 
bet check check raise value betting line and as the preflop region through a pots out of position. Um, yeah. so have that spot for you here today. Have a reg and the button opens to twenty five dollars. We're playing five ten. Um, I three bet to one hundred and ten with my pocket nines. The reg on the button calls. We're about a hundred big blinds effective on the flop. Really good flop eight seven six rainbow flop the over pair and the open ender. Um, first thing to talk about here is just c betting versus not c betting. Yeah, I mean you could go either way. Uh, again, I don't I don't really have a preference. I, I think if you are going to bet, you you bet like half pot. I, I I think that's the size. You probably don't want to bet a third. You're betting this board at a lower frequency than range. Um, so when you do bet, you're using a bigger size. I think that half pot's fine. I think checking is totally fine too. A lot of good things can happen off of a check. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion. You you can do what you want to do. You you got a good hand. I go with option A, half pot. Yeah. And yeah, calls. calls. Yeah. So I guess some thoughts here. I got when when you do bet half, right? Like I think when you do bet half, that's pretty indicative that villain is gonna have some sort of equity. Like it's unlikely um the villain just has like overcards with back doors. Um they're gonna have, you know, at least something like ace ten suited type hand um with back doors most likely, or without backdoors, just ace 10 and full, maybe jack 10 suited, something like that. It's probably the bottom of it. And then, you know, obviously like the eight nines and those type of hands are going to call too. It's as well as like, I don't know if they have a raising range on this board. I assume they do just kind of hard to help yourself when you flop a set um, to raise or two pair or something like that. So I have to imagine it at at least some frequency villains are going to have a raising range. So Again, there is a little bit of removal here when they just call the flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with all of that. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think your analysis of, of their range is, is exactly what I think it is. I think the bottom is is just some sort of gut shot, um, like ace high plus gut shot, maybe like pair plus gut shot, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, all so all that being said, like I, I feel like that leads really nicely into the thing that I wanted to talk about, which was should we bet the turn? versus that range and that was like my big question here is you know kind of our our my standard strategy for the spot if you uh for the listeners who watch the episode from uh i think four or five weeks ago is is just to check here jam facing um a bet from the button or just jam clean rivers um with my overpair myself if the if the turn gets checked through any thought to like deviating from that plan because of or texture and our exact hand or Anything like that here, or, or would you I don't just think so? I mean, just treat uh, it the same. Yeah, I like you could bet. Uh, I think betting is like not the end of the world. My preference is check. I think that there's a lot of information revealed when you check the turn. Um, I think that like based on whether or not villain chooses to bet, based on the size that villain uses, like it's just going to be quite indicative of the uh, the strength of their hand and. You can kind of play accordingly. Like if the turn checks through, then you're probably feeling pretty good about your spot. Actually, you still lose the tens and probably jacks that doesn't four bet at uh, full frequency too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I think that checking is fine. Probably my preference, but I, I think betting is not the end of the world either. One of the downsides that I I sort of foresaw with checking here is that like. I'm not going to be able to get to get that river jam as frequently as I would with, Correct. you know, the the hands previously where I have like, you know, kings as an overpair. Like, I'm not going to jam like a jack or higher 
on the river or a you know or even a nine maybe i don't know what i what i do if i if i river a nine um well i have an interesting question right like is this a hand that wants to play for stacks i mean yeah on this good, board right like the, are we like really sad about not playing for stacks with nines on this board i, I don't know i don't think sure, it's the sure. end of the world yeah it's not the end of the world to go check check on the turn have the river be a king and then check check and that's just the king you're yeah. just gonna bet like I, I i have to imagine you're gonna you're gonna value bet most river cards actually like that i guess i guess what i meant was like I, i'm I'm, yeah, not, you're, I'm not gonna jam a king but right right like but essentially like they have na better natural value in their range just in like jacks and tens with overpairs right like your hand's not as strong as aces where it, it gotcha, dom gotcha. dominates all their overpairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like aces yeah, yeah, yeah. beats nines so i mean I don't think necessarily you have a hand that like wants to play for stacks. So like with okay. with that okay. in mind, okay. I'm not. I don't think the downside is like okay. ultra significant. It's okay. I think that like again ties really nicely into the next thing that happens. So I check okay. and we face a bet. Yeah. Um, button bets a third. Is this a spot where you wouldn't check jam because nines is not super excited for, to play for stacks, as you said, or is this just you just continue with the plan here? I don't think I jam. I think it, I mean, we talked about their range on the flop and like yeah. it just jamming just feels too thin. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that like you, you can just call and like play rivers kind of accordingly. That'd be my personal preference. Yeah. Okay. So that was going to be like my next question slash concern was, is jamming here just too thin? It does feel really thin. There's like, there's that portion of your range that portion of their range that you mentioned, like the tens and jacks that like I wouldn't be shocked if I jammed here and tens and jacks just like tanked and like didn't feel great about calling and like maybe even folded. I don't know if tens folds because it, you know, it has like the extra gut shoutouts. Um, but like, yeah. you know, that's like if that's like what we're scared of happening, right? Like <laughs> but jacks beats nines and tens, right? So Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I mean, but yes, like uh, I like ace ace eight ain't calling. Uh, I mean Unless it's specifically a state of diamonds, uh, I think. Um, so, yeah. like, it's hard to get called by like worse hands. Um, plus, like, you do have like a lot of equity yourself, right? Like, you you have um, an overpair with an open ender, so you can realize equity, like, and then play rivers quite well. Like, I, I just think lots of good things can happen from a call, and you don't dominate value. So, it's yeah, it's tough. We don't dominate value that calls off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except for like eight, nine. I guess that's like the one prayer. Yeah, eight, nine, and ace, eight of diamonds. Yeah, and I think like there there are other spots where like you do jam the turn and you kind of like shrug because you don't always dominate value. Um, yeah. SPR is actually like pretty high here still. Right. You're you're still jamming like 92 big blinds. Uh, for the podcast listener, by the way, the flop is six, seven, eight, rainbow. <laughs> I don't even know if I said the board. Um Six, seven, eight, rainbow. The turn was a tray. So John has nines. Um, he three bet pre. He bet half pot on the flop. Now there's four forty six in the pot. Villain bet one forty five on the turn. John's got nine twenty two left. So yeah, he's got a ninety two bigs. Um, so anyway, yeah, I call here. Check the side of the river. Most likely, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that okay. would be my preference. Just check all yeah, check yeah, side. Yeah. Like I, I think I you, you can jam with like aces and kings, and that's just right, totally right. totally reasonable. Right. Yeah, went probably just went a little too thin here, and kind of just stuck through, stuck with my plan. Got to fold. Obviously, not 
doesn't mean much when when they fold. Nice. You got them to fold for us. Well done. You got them. I know. Pray the river wasn't going to be a five. Yeah, that's true. Got that five percent equity. So well done. You you did it. You you jammed for protection. You got it done, John. You got it through. Whew. In my defense, it wasn't for protection. <laughs> I was just I was just this is just how I play my this is how I just played this is how I play the spot. Like Yeah. I mean, I think it still matters like ranging opponent. <laughs> oh, no, like, I, I, the reason I brought this hand in is because it, it did feel like everything about this hand did feel thin or, you know, like kind of questionable. Like, oh, yeah. is this a spot? Like, yeah, where like this is my normal go-to strap, but is this a this is a situation because of the board texture and, and the range that I should be thinking about deviating from the check jam kind of protocol on the on the turn and and going for check call instead. By the way, for whatever it's worth, I, I think too that I am probably calling all in on most rivers. Um, for what it's worth. Like after you check all the turn, I'm setting up to where like I'm probably just calling all in on, on a lot of different runouts, given that you know we've had half villain didn't raise a flop, we blocked nine ten, I think two pair and sets just raised too often. Um, but yeah, with that said, yeah, just just sets might also just bet bigger on the turn. I think that's a that's a big data point. Yeah, so we have we have like a lot of removal effects. So anyway, just wanted to like throw that out there that you know if I did check all the turn, then I'm I'm looking to check all most rivers. Um, in, in this specific scenario. Yeah. 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 Wish I went with that plan, but it's all right. Hey, you got Found the full. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, second hand before break, we're going to do two and the old two, one ball. Um, looks like John's playing 500, no limit. He opens to two and a half bigs and the big blind calls. He's got nine of hearts, nine of clubs, big blind doesn't have a full stack, but looks like there's some zoominess going on. So don't know whether or not villain is a reg or a fish. Um, villain in the big blind checks. John checks behind uh, flop is 10, five, six with the 10, six of clubs. Uh, generally, this is going to be a big bet or checkboard um, nines with a club falls into the check category. I think you could also bet small if you really wanted to, um, but that's neither here yeah, nor there. definitely. Like, having a bid pocket pair that, you know, still, if we bet small, we're, we can still definitely get called by 5x and 6x, but yeah, yeah check right. this one back. Yeah. Uh, you turn a set. Ooh. So that's that's a pretty good turn. Um, the big blind checks again. You bet 70% and the big blind calls. Um, I guess the first thing here would be like the turn sizing. Um, I would, yeah, I'd probably just overbet. I think that's the, the size preference that I would have here on the nine. Like if we have like just a lot of conceivable straight draws that we turn very minimal value that we turn on the nine, um, probably expected to bet seven, eight at almost an absolute frequency. Um, probably even going to bet nine, 10 at most frequencies. So we're like repping exactly nines when we bet and can mm -hmm. get called by like most any pair. So yeah, I, I would personally just over bet the turn. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that's, you don't Dylan calls. I was just going to say, I think that's a reasonable option. Yep. Uh, there's 66 in the pot rivers, a tray of hearts. So 
pretty innocuous card. Uh, final board is 10, 6, 5, 9, 3. Uh, there's 66 in the pot. Bill and S402 behind, and they donk a quarter. So they bet 25 Not and a quarter 66. pot. They like. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify that it's not a quarter oh, pot. It, they dumped twenty five dollars into. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a sorry. It's it's a quarter of a hundred dollars. Sorry, need to <laughs> need to clarify that it's a twenty five dollar chip. They they donk. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty clearly you have to raise. Yeah. Um, just like planning on raise, calling it off here. One of the things that I think about in this spot is that like I'm raising in a spot where I never have the nuts. Yeah. And does that, you know, I don't, think, I don't think I can't not raise here, but like, it's just, it is like the first thing that entered my mind was like, okay, this guy donk That's jams. True. I and, mean, it, it's true, but like, there's just a number of things like, like that would make me kind of undervalue that, that aspect of the hand that, that you know, you don't have seven, eight. So you don't have seven, four, um, don't have deuce four. So yeah, you, you don't have any of the straights that are available. However, I guess a villain started short stacked. So we're not even sure that like, that's something that the villain is going to, is able to leverage here. I think it's a difficult thing to leverage and I can probably count on like two, two hands, the number of times that humans have actually leveraged such a, such a thing like in a, you know, weaponized it like Dr. Evil against me. So it's a rare thing that somebody bet three bets the river. Um, So like, yeah, I, I, I'm also, it's kind of weird. I, I, I like they don't have the nuts in full either, because they didn't bet the turn or check raise the turn, right. which is like right, another right. big part of this. That like they don't really have seven eight here either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I am a little concerned about your plan to bet call it off or to raise call it off. Just, that wasn't my plan. That's just what I was suggesting. Was like yeah, I'm. Where, when you after you do raise, like one of the things I was worried about is like, man, if they just know that I never have the nuts here, and if they just decide to try to take advantage of that, should I just be thinking about bet calling it off with or raise calling it off with nines? If you know, we've we kind of talked about these spots historically, and like my general thought is like, you know, if you got that in you, you you <laughs> tip your hat to the man and give them the pot, right? If they have like bet jams here with like sevens, like. Think yeah. about, uh, so they're like, check call the turn and then donk 25 into 66 with sevens in the hopes Hoping that to you get raise so that you bet, so that they can bet jam. I mean, like even the hands that have like decent blocker properties, like this doesn't make any yeah, sense yeah, yeah. for those hands to yeah. even like take the line. So like, I'm not, I, I think the chances of that happening are like super, super low. Um, you know, maybe like five tray turns into two pair or they river trays that that would be the the side of it. Like if we're going to bet, get raised and then, or if, we, if we're going to raise the bet and then get jammed on, like, do we dominate value? That's probably the bigger question, but probably not to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Sizing here, I could go whatever, like probably just big one, 34. Yeah, you go 110. Um, a little bit smaller than I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you get clicked. 
which means you're getting 4.37 to one on your money. Um, you got 15 seconds. What are you going to do? <laughs> Just pray he has pocket threes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, sucker for a Groupon like me. <laughs> I know. Like, you're clicking call and you're like, this is, here, just take my $80. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they have the 7-4. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you you just give them the, the $80. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, at least he didn't jam. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this hand I could get more on board with other than probably would have gone bigger on the turn and bigger on the river um, yeah. and would have lost more money. So good job. Way to, way to play pot control. Make, make the pot super small with your set so you don't get stacked. It's good. All right. So crushing it today. You're, you're folding out the fours. You're playing pot control with your sets. Man, I can't wait to see what happens after the break. Stick around. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a preflop bootcamp. Everything that you had done with me to that point, or I had heard you do, had impressed me. I loved the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour and loved that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away. And what about bootcamp blew you away? Like it started off slow, like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience? The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post game as it did for my pre-game, just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10, 15 minutes of tape without finding mistake after mistake. And then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well. I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study? Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year out of everything. 
I would give anything to go back and to, to know that stuff 10 years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if I had known that stuff. And I thought the boot camp was so valuable that I literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because I was blown away. I just thought the price was too cheap. And it's changed my game in ways that I, I can't even explain to you. If you'd like to join the next round of Preflop Bootcamp, which starts on the last Saturday of every month, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. All right, welcome back. I thought I might struggle through today's episode, but man, John keeps springing hands like this. I could, I could go all till next week. We're, we're on fire, baby. You, you want to see something? You want to see something really tragic? Just play through this hand. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is the most tragic hand I've played in. Ah, who knows how long? Definitely this year. So, no, wait, wait, I'll hold that teaser entertainment value until ahead. right directly following the break after after the ads to, to set everything up you know You're... it's for the loyal listeners who, who stick through <laughs> stick through the break <laughs> all right let's see this is the this is the most tragic one of them all oh this is the most tragic hand i've played in a year a year wow this is somebody needs to go in the archives and dredge up some of the hands john's played in the last year because this is some this is some tough company. All right. Sticking with the theme of two nines. Uh John's playing five handed, one K and L or five ten no limit online. Looks like the hijack opens to two point five bigs. And the blinds fold. John calls on the button. He has the nine of hearts and the nine of spades. The flop is Jack seven four monotone. How on earth this could be the most tragic hand you've played all year? I'll I don't even know how this could. Yeah, right. It's like hard to see it right now, but it's like it's impossible, impossible to see it, right? Like you, yeah, it's impossible to see it. Villain yeah. checks. You just check behind. So, That's oh, a good start. Good start. okay. Now we have the so flop is jack seven four all hearts. Turn is the nine of diamonds. John turns a tragedy set. potential has improved. <laughs> yes, tragedy potential has improved, and villain overbets to turn. Um, so villain takes the delayed C bet line, bets 93 into 65. Now that is a line. Um, just calling. I think okay. that's pretty <clears throat> so much. far so good. Two streets approved. So you river a boat, villain checks. So the flop was jack seven four. Turn is the nine of diamonds. River is the four of clubs. I have no idea what's going on anymore in the sand. I mean, the overbet on the turn, we're starting to get into like weird territory, but then overbet check um, was officially perplexed. I think I just jammed the river. There's 251 in. Villain's got 897. Um, just. The thought of my COVID brain even trying to construct like a bet three bet range just can't. I can't even imagine getting making it to that node of like 
betting and then getting raised and then having the option of placing the third bet on the river. I mean, villain polarized the turn. I find it hard to imagine that villains flushes are going to fold to a jam. Um, They have flushes. Like what am I targeting? I don't know. Flushes. I think you're targeting flushes that that, (laughs) that check the flop that don't see about the flop. And then check the river. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird hand, but I mean, what are, what's the alternative, right? Like, I mean, you either overbet or jam. And I, I like jam better than overbet. I'm such an idiot. Yeah. What could you possibly do besides those options? Yeah, I did overbet, but that's why this hand is so tragic that I didn't pick the jam size on the river. Look what happens. I overbet. <laughs> okay. Why would you even do this? So there's 251 in the pot. John bets 496 and villain calls. <sighs> what a dumb the, size on the river. Should have just ripped it. With a king high flush. Why? <laughs> just, just why? What do you do if they jam? (laughs) (laughs) Tank and hope to God. Like, look at my hand on the flop and his hand on the flop. And then, (laughs) like, wow, I found a way to win and not, or found a way to somehow make the best hand when I'm drawing dead on the flop and then didn't win all the money. Because I picked this. Silly size on the river. Yeah, the river paired the board. It was a four of clubs for the podcast listener, by the way. He, John made a boat, which is essentially the nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, at least you saved $386. Most tragic hand I've played in a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only halfway gone. You, you got six more months. You, you, can, you can do worse than this, I think, if you put your mind to it. Yeah, <laughs> Um, with that said, 4th of July, fireworks, have fun, be safe. Don't anybody blow their hands off. That's, that's not good. It's hard to click buttons when you blow your hands off. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. And, uh, if you're out in the live streets or considering being in the live streets, check out live cash pre-flop bootcamp, probably the best course that I've ever made. And I made Nuffle. So that's saying something. And uh, that's all I got for today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Unless you have any parting words, John. See you next week. Tragedies may or may not continue. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.